Hello, this is James Cox with the Martial Arts Lifestyle, and we are episode number 23 right now, right here, episode number 23. So martial arts have saved my life many, many times. You know, I'm often asked, that's what I want to kind of start off with today, the question. I think most martial arts instructors are, are asked this question often, and it's, have you ever had to use your martial arts on someone? Or, you know, have you ever had to use this stuff for real? And I, I've always answer it in different ways you know but now it's pretty um common that my answer fast and straight is every day meaning every day i use martial arts right on myself on someone with something every day in every way i use martial arts when i wake up in the morning i use martial arts when i go to the gym i use martial arts when i'm working i use martial arts when i'm communicating and dealing and helping other people and just with life struggles and successes and challenges it's always using martial arts you know i've have I used martial arts in self-defense I've used in competitions or what people want to hear how many fights have I gotten into you know there's been situations there too I mean this is all I've lived for 36 years so of course I've used martial arts but in many many ways and today I want to kind of talk a little bit about my journey I guess you could call it my story in martial arts if it starts kind of boring um, then you stay with me because it's going to get a lot more exciting but nah it's not going to be boring there's nothing boring about this but you know a quick story here is that uh I was born in Odessa, Texas in 1970. Man, that seems so long ago. And um, I've lived most of my life in Abilene. I don't really remember a lot of the, the time that I had in Odessa. Um, you know, my dad was in the oil field, and we were there for a while, and then we would come back and forth to Abilene. I stayed with my sister in Odessa. We actually lived in Fort Worth for a little time, too. But the majority of my life has been here in good old good old A-Town. Um, I'm the youngest of seven and um, don't, don't really know a lot about my siblings, you know, growing up because being the youngest of seven, by the time I was even born, a lot of them was actually out. They were married with their own kids. So I grew up actually closer to a lot of my nieces and nephews. I went to school with my nieces and nephews. They would uh, embarrass me. I remember in the halls of high school, you know, hey, Uncle James. And I was like, dude, don't call me uncle in front of people. You're older than me, right? But, you know, that was just kind of like the family life. It was a large family, and, you know, we were spread out. Um, good times. I have no regrets. You know, looking back, you only know what you know when you're living that in the moment, you know? Yeah, we were really poor, man. We struggled, and there was a lot of a lot of things. I was pretty much raised with a single mom by the time, um, you know, I was born. My dad was a severe alcoholic. I uh, never once seen him sober. You know, I really tried. I really wanted to to uh, get to know my father, but it just never happened. And, um, you know, I watched him slowly in many ways um, destroy himself with that disease. And uh, when he died when I was 13, you know, so uh, my mom did her best, man. And, you know, I love my mom and she was she was great. She taught me a lot. And, you know, I was a bad kid kind of coming up and, you know, uh, living living deep north side of Abilene. We moved all the time. Uh, I always kind of joke, but there's some truth to it. We moved every 30 days because the rent was due, right? And uh, kind of grew up in that time of, of what was known early on in Abilene as, as, as the projects of Abilene, you know, went to Lee and Fannin and Mann and Abilene High, but I never had complaints. I mean, I, I just lived life and enjoyed it and made the best of it, you know, and I guess that's what kids do in, in, in rough, you know, tough situations, right? I was always the minority, but I never, I never knew that. Like I never paid attention. I never really knew it as any issue, if that makes sense, you know. But but growing up and as a teenager and having a lot of choices and decisions, I, I was 
fortunate to find martial arts. And this is where the story starts with, uh, you know, how martial arts saved my life. Looking back, it's, it's very possible. I, I myself would have been either dead or in prison if it wasn't finding my instructor and him showing me a, a better way, um, something positive and constructive and really getting into competitions at such an early age and doing an extreme amount of competing kept me busy and, and out of trouble, you know, for sure. Um, you know, my mom tried her best, but by the time I was there, she was, she was tired, you know, so it was in need of, of kind of like that role model and that father figure. And that's, that's what my, um, martial arts instructor gave and did for me, you know, um, I remember early on, you know, starting martial arts and going to the recreation center and having no clue what I was getting into or what I was going to do it was just something to try out. Cause some friends, you know, invited me and, and, and drug me in there. And then, um, it was so many attractions early on, you know, the, the work, the, I think people that don't have that discipline, they, they want it, right? Like it's something that I was craving and, and needing as well. So thank God that, that I found it and that the people, you know, Patrick McDaniel, moving on to Richard Peralta, to even my boxing coach, Jesse Cantu, is those three men above all, and I've had a ton of other people to influence me and help me through my life, but it was those three men that, that really, I feel, uh, gave me the foundation and give me the things that I can pass on to others. I mean, I preach words that they gave me so many decades ago that, that, that helped me and that, that are anchored in my life. My first job was at age 17 and, um, 16, 16, 17, and it was teaching martial arts at the YMCA, you know, and then once I started doing that and uh, my instructor helped me out and I was assisting classes at, at his martial arts school, then it just taught me how to teach slowly but surely and, you know, find, a, a, again, a, a better way and a better path. The competitions that I went through, I, I really try not to exaggerate, and I don't talk a lot about this because it sounds very exaggerated, I, I think, but... You know, we competed sometimes almost every weekend, and we mainly did the uh, circuit in Texas because, you know, this was way before Internet. We didn't have the knowledge of all the other things going on, and there really wasn't a lot of other things going on that, that are available today. But we were doing karate tournaments, so I would go to, uh, you know, karate tournaments, and if there was a division I could enter from my first tournament all the way down to, you know, my very last, from white belt to, you know, advanced black belt, I would do every division that there was possible. So I would sometimes compete in five divisions at a karate tournament. If I do hard style, like open creative forms, I would do, and then do a soft style division with either Kung Fu or, or Kempo form. I always would do self-defense, of course, always fighting, sometimes weapons, sometimes team forms. We would just compete all day. Uh, you know, this stuff gave me, I think, the, the goals, right, and the incentive. And then I got into kickboxing. I always wanted to, to box and kickbox. I couldn't really find it here in Abilene, but um, I met a, a guy who was here from the Air Force, Jesse Cantu, and he became my private boxing coach. Um, even the training that, that I did with him, I try not to talk a lot about, I guess, because it could sound exaggerated, but it was nearly every day, and I'm talking almost seven days a week that we would train. I would go to his house and his garage, and you know, all Jesse knew and talked and preached was straight boxing. He wasn't in that and in his words, that karate crap. But, you know, I respected what he could give me for boxing because it helped me become better, learn more. And then I started competing in kickboxing. And that's what made the difference is fighting karate people and knowing how to box, not just kick. Um, you know, I had had successful uh, career in kickboxing as well as point fighting and just, just really dove into um, competing. 
So I didn't really ever work much of another job, you know, but um, had had a kid and got married when I was like 20 and then had to uh, pay a lot of bills. Right. So life life changed as changes happen. And then, you know, I wanted to do martial arts for a living, but I wasn't making any money running the school, you know, and on the side I was mowing yards. I was working security. So I got into like some theft prevention work and that was fun because I did get to use some martial arts at times you know catching these shoplifters and um, all of that but the struggle the struggle was real on trying to make things happen there one thing that was pretty life-changing and and just in the blink of an eye so fast how you notice everything changed from then on and I kind of go to this as another way of how martial arts saved my life and this was in um, 1998 uh, just another day, you know, living life, and I just dropped my son off. He was five years old at a daycare, and I was going to the karate school to do what I do and work and um, had, a, had a very bad car accident. You know, I got hit by a dump truck and uh, got flipped, and I spent seven days in ICU, had like, uh, you know, heart was bruised, the seatbelt tore through my side, so my oblique was detached, and my knee went through the steering wheel area there, and I had my first knee surgery, and I was having a lot of health problems and neurological problems. I couldn't stop having, you know, seizures, and, you know, literally, actually, uh, my heart even stopped twice when I was in ICU, so I guess I died and kind of came back, and there are ways to, to, to word that, but, you know, that was a crazy experience. And I remember the doctors telling me after that car wreck is that, you know, they said that I would never do martial arts again, at least on that, that level. A doctor looked at me and said that I need to, you know, find a, another career. So that was my concern. You know, of course, the first thing after the car wreck is that I was just freaked out because I thought my son was with me in the car. I didn't have the recollection that I had just dropped him off and you know so i'm just like when i was waking up I, I vaguely remember i was in and out and some of the details i was just panicking over you know where's my son i got to see my son where is he and you know people are telling me you know he he's okay you dropped him off at daycare and you know uh, um but anyway that was very emotional very intense and and that time and then that recovery of you know getting over the accident and and, and the, the injuries that i had to deal with i still have some of those injuries today you know um, from, you know, um, epilepsy and different kind of things that I've had to deal with and learn and work through and, you know, but that, that was a tough time, man. But the, the, um, recovery, you know, I started therapy, rehab, whatever you, you, you want to say intense. And I worked hard at, every day. And it was six months after that wreck where I competed in a karate tournament again. And it was a, actually, you know, nationals, a couple of the biggest tournaments that ever came to the state. Um, the Big D Nationals, the Cotton Belt Nationals, and then I fought for a WACO um, and then uh, kickboxing and actually won, you know, Grand Championship and National Kickboxing title not long after that car wreck. It wasn't easy, but I was persistent on doing what I wanted to do and, and make it happen, you know, and if, if anything, there's some lessons of perseverance and uh, stick the stick to itness of things like that and that you know you never know man in the blink of an eye what can happen and how how things can change that's for sure but I kept competing I just kept competing and there was times we would do easily 25 30 or more 35 tournaments a year uh, some of the tournaments in those days we would do karate tournaments during the day and for the promoter it was easier to rent a venue and then have kickboxing fights that night so if I was there anyway, I might as well do a kickboxing fight and uh, racked up a lot of competitions, a lot, a lot of 
trophies. I remember the day when I had to get rid of all those trophies. What do you do with the trophy? You know, I was a single man. I remember renting a two-bedroom apartment so I could put trophies in a bedroom. And I, I hauled a couple of uh, truckloads full of trophies off. If I couldn't give them away to someone or, you know, we'd have little tournaments and just give them to the kids. And I had, I had to get rid of them. It was well over like 3,000 trophies. Because if you do the math and I competed in near 700, 800 tournaments, you know, a lot of those fights I'd easily have four. I think some of my biggest competitions I'd, I'd fight like 10 times at a tournament. And that's a lot of trophies to get rid of. And of course, we had other awards, you know, medals and jackets and rings and money. Money was always good. I kept that. But, you know, uh, growing up and then it, with, with tough times and then going through those challenges and then wanting to continue as a career in martial arts. And my instructors taught me well. I knew martial arts, you know, I knew how to fight. I knew self-defense. I knew the physical skills. But I didn't really have the knowledge of running a business. And it wasn't popular at the time, you know. A lot of the raising was that you didn't do martial arts for the money, you know, that you didn't do martial arts for business. But well, how, do, how do you pay your bills if you don't, right? And that's kind of where, um, you know, I struggled, man. I had a lot of people tell me that, you know, I was never going to get anywhere or do anything. It wasn't a real man if you taught martial arts for a living. I needed a job where I needed to clock in and, and do this and that. And um, there was a time where I was... My wife at the time and, and my son, um, even our dog, we lived in the karate school. We lived in the karate school and I taught and I did the, whatever side jobs I could to pay the bills. And, you know, this kind of brought me further down where I, I ran into um, the president of Premier Martial Arts. It was a licensing and now it's a franchise at the time. And uh, talked with him. He talked with me about trying to learn the business systems, getting consulting and running successful martial arts schools, which is totally different. Um, uh, you know, and I was just uh, solid that there was no way I was going to, I, was, I wasn't going to sacrifice the quality. It was more important to teach good martial arts than it was to make money. I didn't know you could do both, you know, right? So going through all of that and um, just continuing to grow and make that happen and promoting good black belts. I think somewhere right now I'm around 160-ish black belts that I've promoted. To some people, that's a big number. So the people that do martial arts part-time, I respect that, you know, it's good, solid martial artists. I know several of them and um, they have their own successful career. They, they work full-time jobs and they do martial arts if it's at a rec center or, you know, in their garage or somewhere part-time. And a lot of these guys will, will almost boast about uh, they've only promoted one or two black belts in all these years. And then I know people on the other extremes that have martial arts schools, and they, they couldn't tell you how many black belts they have. They've promoted thousands and thousands. But the difference is, what's the quality of those black belts? You know, I've seen people promote black belts, and these black belts, man, they couldn't fight if they had to. You know, they couldn't protect themselves, and that's, that's the thing that I want to avoid. I want to make sure they were promoting good quality black belts that continue their training, but that could apply the knowledge they have if it came down to, you know, self-defense and fighting, and as well as being good people. Uh, the life skills of martial arts has to be a part of your training as like it has to be a part of your life. So I've seen a lot in this journey of my martial arts and nowadays not much surprises me. You know, I've been able to um, run schools. I've uh, uh, owned a retail shop. We were the first MMA fight store that we brought here in the mall. Uh, we, we, we've really worked hard. And, and I say we because, you know, you don't do nothing alone. I've always had some help. There was a lot of years where I was pretty much a one-man show teaching six classes a day, learning how to be, 
you know, the secretary and the janitor and the instructor and program director and what is sales and advertising. But, you know, I, I, was, I was able to get some help here and there to get it to where it is today, where I have full-time employees that I'm able to pay well. I'm able to, um, you know, teach the classes that, that I choose and focus on managing the managers and, and, and working on my business, not so much in it all the time. So things have changed and it's, it's a different level, but I see a lot, you know, I was able to be a, a fight promoter. We ran the first pioneered so many events in Abilene, you know, I don't know if I can say for sure the first, but I know notably, at least from my time here in Abilene, you know, one of the first boxing teams, kickboxing teams, sport karate teams, MMA teams. We promoted top events here. We had some of the first professional fighters come from Abilene and uh, promoting and getting into the world of fighting and MMA there's a lot of politics. There's a lot of there's a lot of dirty business at times, you know, in there. And I learned that, you know, through through good and bad and indifferent. But other than that, it's it's all good. You know, I really miss competing at my age. There's not a lot of purpose or reason to get back out there and, you know, suffer any more brain trauma or any more combat fighting. Um, you know, boxing, kickboxing, point fighting, MMA. But what I've focused on is because I'm always on the go and I always want to do something. You know, I don't want to rest. So I've focused on lately finding other ways to compete. You know, I just, just recently started doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu tournaments, which is a whole other thing, whole other level. Um, started doing some bodybuilding competition, do some Spartan races, just whatever else I can do to just stay on the go. It seems like I have a home, but if my home is kind of to sleep and shower. Otherwise, I'm out and I'm busy and put a lot of hours in at, at my martial arts school. You know, there's a lot more to running a martial arts school than, than people think. You know, it's definitely um, a lot more, and it's it's busy, but it's good. I feel I feel blessed on where I'm out, am and what I've been able to do. Sometimes I still think it's just the beginning because there's so much more that I want to do that I'm going to, and um, to have a strong team and, and blessed to have such good instructors and people that have guided me from the martial arts side to the business side to mentors in life. And then hopefully I'm able to kind of pass that on. I love the students that I work with and the things that we do on, on the daily. And um, it's fun, but it's not always fun. But, you know, it's always at the end of the day, um, good lessons, you know, for everybody learned. And it's really kind of to me about leaving a legacy, you know, through my martial arts, through my own children, to the students I teach and the families and impacts that we impact, you know, can't win them all, but, you know, we try. Um, technology has changed a lot of things and you know surviving through COVID to you know other things that that we've gone through in the world and continue to and I've uh, had to learn a lot the hard way on that as well but you know if anything I just kind of wanted to spend some time today and maybe motivate some people talking about some of the things I've gone through uh, you know sometimes I don't talk about the car wreck sometimes I don't talk about the competitions the struggles you know my childhood all of those things now and you know, I just want to kind of continue when, when people look or know me in the now day, then they don't quite get it. Or, you know, if I hear things like it must be nice, you know, to have what I have or own what I own or this or that. But uh, to not know the story of what I've really come from and and done is a, a different thing there. Right. But guys, hopefully that was something um, helpful, added some value. And we have a lot going on here. I want you to uh, stay with these podcasts because I'm really excited about some future guests that I have coming in. Uh, we're going to have a special training event. So I'm going to be able to sit down with some 
leaders in our industry, some very, very top, high-ranking, highly intelligent specialists of martial arts in different fields, and uh, they're going to talk to us about some different things. If you guys want to comment, I also want to kind of do like maybe a Q&A, a question and answer kind of a podcast here soon. So if you guys will shoot some questions to me, I'll come up with some good answers and, you know, give you a shout out for that. And uh, let, let's do on that. So what is it that you would like to know? Is there something you would like to ask me, uh, my opinion or experiences or thoughts on, on something martial arts or martial arts life related? Then I can uh, get these questions together and, and, and shoot an upcoming podcast on answering some of those questions. Yeah. Like I always say, check out our YouTube channel, James Cox Martial Arts, and uh, just keep living the good life. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.